This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Uh, this morning is living a life of faith. How many realize that we cannot please God without faith? So this will be a refresher for uh, a lot of us, but I, I found out that I always need refreshing. I always need to go back to the basics and, and hear those foundational truths because you, you never grow. Uh, you're always growing even in the fundamentals, in the basics. Amen? So that means keep your ears on, and uh, we're going to jump right in. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, talk about how we got saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we see here we were saved by grace through faith. Now grace is the unmerited favor of God. It's the uh, empowerment of God that uh, he gives you power to fulfill his purpose and plan, to fulfill his word in your life. That's the, the grace of God. But there's a saving grace where we come to him and it says we go through faith. We need to know that grace and faith go together. You need them both. It's like soup and crackers. I told you basics. So God chose to give us these, and I'm going to call them grace promises because they're linked to the promises of God. Because we have the favor of God, we have the promises. He was able to promise us certain things. It's not based on our actions or anything that we could ever do, anything we could ever earn it or deserve it. It's based on his nature and his character. It's solely based on him and what he did for us. So that takes us out of the picture. These promises were given before we were here. And they were given by grace from a loving Heavenly Father who wanted to bless us and he gave us promises. He died for the sins of the world. He offered forgiveness, atonement for anyone who sins. But here, what that means is no one is beyond the grace of God. That means whoever you meet, no matter how much you're being used by the enemy, no matter how far they are from God, God's grace is available for them because Jesus died for the sins of the entire world. This grace is available for every single human being. That's good news. That's the reason it's called the good news gospel. We're all included in this thing. We don't have to climb some high mountain. We don't have to swim the ocean. It's just given to us as a gift, the gift of God. In verse 10, it says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that that we should walk, that, walk in them. So we're created for good works. It just said we're not saved by works, 
but we're created for good works. So what? <laughs> we are his workmanship created for good works. Well, let me tell you what good work is. A good work is a work that you're, you're doing in the love of God, first of all, but it's not a work that you're trying to earn God's favor or to earn or generate grace. I'm not trying to earn or make God do something by my good behavior. And I got some good behavior. But there's some other stuff too. Let me just, let me just put it this way. On your best day, your best day, you still need the grace and mercy of God. Because sins is not only what you do wrong, it's what you should have done right and didn't. And we won't talk about thoughts. But Jesus went and included our thought life. How many are glad for the grace of God, the favor of God, the mercy of God? Where would we be without that? So if you're working to get God to do something for you, it's not faith. That's not faith. It's a dead work. And in fact, it says that God opposes the proud. Really, that's a place of being proud that you can earn something from a perfect, holy God who has already sacrificed his son for the atonement of your sins and we're trying to earn something from him. That's a, really a slap in the face of the cross. So no wonder he resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Well, what is humility? Humility is knowing that God's grace has been made available to me because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And what my faith does is grab hold of that grace, what Jesus did. It's all about Jesus, not about us. Because you can't work hard enough. I was into some of that when I got saved. I, I tried to earn some stuff from God. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pray. I'd heard, uh, I think, it, I can't remember who it was. It may have been a Jerry Savelle or something that they, they said they stood on the, the bathroom tub. I don't recommend that. They said do that to stay awake. I am proof that you can fall asleep standing on a tub. And finally, the Lord told me one day, he said, go to bed. I said, thank you. And by the way, I was working a lot of overtime at work, so, and then getting up early. Uh, that wasn't smart. So when I see that I can't pray enough, I can't 
do enough, I can't serve enough, I can't give enough to earn this grace. You know what that causes me to do? To rest in Jesus. I'm now secure. I feel peace because I'm just resting on him. I don't have to earn this thing. I don't even have to be perfect. Even though some of us are very close. So works, that these good works are corresponding actions that cooperate with the promise of God, and that's called faith. That is called faith. It's in your notes there. Works, corresponding actions that cooperates with the promise of God is called faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So it's important to God that we have faith. But when you realize faith is cooperating with the truth, with the grace that's already been given to us. He wants us to partake of his gift. That's faith. And when you do and receive from the gift, it pleases him. Because you're honoring his son that came and died for each of us. Faith a good definition would be faith is our positive response to God. Our positive response to God. Faith does not make God do something. Faith responds and receives what is already ours in Christ. Amen. That is so important to understand. This is all... Everything that you get by faith is already there for you. He's already promised it to you. It's actually there. And faith just receives the gift. Now, it's not hard to receive a gift. We, we do pretty good at Christmas. What about you? Nobody's, you know, standing around with a gift. And, well, Bob, it's got your name on it. And you just, you come up there, you're kind of, I wonder how I can get this gift. <laughs> no, you just take it, right? You just receive it. It's just like, how many can receive money? <laughs> See, I have $10, but... But see, this is the grace, but someone has to take it. <laughs> Joe had it. She was coming up from the back. If you'd ran, Joe, you'd... <laughs> Somebody has to take it. That's, that's what we're talking about. It's just taking it. Did he do the... Now, this is uh, something my grandpa gets to do. <laughs> it's yours there. <laughs> now I've got to give all the grandkids money. See what y'all did to me? Wow. 
I, I did not realize, I didn't know I was going to do that, but I, anyway, where was I? I'm going to have to, this thing times out on me down where I'm at, but I'm going to have to get some help on the technical end. If, yeah, no, no, I've got it back on, but is there a way to keep it on longer? Probably not. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, what happened when you got saved? You heard the gospel and you gave a positive response to it by giving your heart and life to Jesus. And you received the grace. And it was all a gift. And many times after we received that gift of salvation, we want to start earning. But it's, it's still all grace. It's still all his goodness that we've received from him. So receiving, it's in your notes, from God is about Jesus and not about us. So if you can get our focus off of us, because if we get our focus on us, we come up short, don't we? We, we see we're, we're not enough here or there, and we disqualify ourselves. But it's a gift. And it's about what Jesus did for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, this Paul, Paul speaking, For I am the least of the apostles who am, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Now, you notice here, Paul is saying, because of God's grace, even though I led to the death of God's family members, think about that, God's grace was available to Saul, and it so transformed his life, he became Paul, and he was then uh, made an apostle. He's called to be an apostle of God. And what he did is, is incredible. And, and you read the epistles and the revelation and things that God showed him. But he said, I'm not worthy but because of the grace. But then he goes beyond that. The grace wasn't in vain because I labored more abundantly than, he said, all the other apostles. And then he goes, but not I. It was the grace of God working in me that did the works, that did the labor. He didn't even take credit for the works that he did. He said it was the grace of God. And that's what God wants for us, that God's grace his empowerment, his strength is working in us that we can do good works and bring glory and honor to his name and span the kingdom of God. In 2 Timothy 4, 6, Paul said, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. There is a faith that, that a keeping faith that no matter what goes on in a person's life, maybe you didn't get the answered prayer that you expected Yet your faith is still trusting in the Lord your God. A faith that doesn't matter what comes your way. 
that maybe you're in the Ukraine. Maybe you're in one of their churches over there. And I, I, I saw that uh, last Sunday, uh, some of the churches met and there's bombs going off and they're having church. That's faith. That's trust in God. I, was, I listened uh, to Rick Renner some. He's a missionary in uh, Moscow, Russia, and he uh, doing a tremendous work there. But uh, I, I turned him on in um, his streaming broadcast, and he, he said that they were praying for people in Ukraine and Russia because they had church people in Ukraine and Russia. One of his staff members was there and said he has family in Ukraine. So we need to pray for the church in Ukraine and Russia and the people of Russia in Ukraine. Because God has a people. And I believe the two churches can start praying in Russia and Ukraine. Things can happen. And they, they were already seeing miracles too, like Pastor Rob and uh, his friend uh, working in the Ukraine was seeing things happen that was the hand of God. God is a good God. So Paul is saying that he had, he had fought the good uh, fight of faith. And it is, it is a fight sometimes. Can you imagine being shipwrecked? Can you imagine being stoned to death? Can you imagine being uh, whipped? Can you imagine serving God and, and you're, you're helping out, building a, a fire and a snake latches onto you? You're cold and wet. You just landed on shore. God didn't promise us there wouldn't be some issues of life, some trouble, some difficulties, some challenges. But he promised that he would be with us and we would go through them and we would overcome. And persecution, if you live a godly life, for the Bible says all those that live godly shall suffer persecution. If you haven't had any persecution... Uh. <laughs> Things don't go your way. Do you become shipwrecked? No. If you have faith in God, you trust Him. I'm a, this building, this building, when we went to close on this property, and we'd gone through. Uh, negotiations. We actually had eight acres across the road and the guy wanted to put his um, real estate company there and, and, and stuff. He wanted to buy the neighboring uh, acreage. We had eight acres over there. And I said, well, no, nobody's selling land around here. I, I said, I, I'll pray about it. And uh, the next day, this property came up. <laughs> we got 10 acres. But we go to the closing, and this guy didn't show up. He changed his mind. Okay. Well, we didn't just go, oh, it's all over. 
I'm just crushed. No, God's got another way or whatever. Ten days later, he changed his mind. Well, it's going to cost you a little bit. <laughs> but he, ten days later, we, we sell to him. So we got ten acres instead of eight. We were going to have a septic tank there. Here we have plumbing. Hmm. God is good. Then they told us this was the highest place in the Southern County, right here. We're sitting on it. And this was farmland. This, is, this land's been harvested for fruits and, <laughs> I guess, vegetables. Not fruits, probably. Vegetables. And now we're bringing in the harvest for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God has a plan. He has a purpose. So how do we live this life of faith? We must give the word of God priority in our life. Because that's how faith comes. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that is a continual verb there. Keep hearing and keep hearing and keep hearing and keep hearing. You've got to keep hearing the word. And I'm not just speaking about um, putting the word in you, you know, just through reading. I'm talking about living the word. I'm talking about everything that you read is for you. That's the voice of God to you, and you put it into your life. Most people, you know, in the world, they live on a roller coaster, emotional roller coaster. But God has a better witness for us. We're to have a, a stability, a, a security. We're to be, we have a solid rock. We have the word of God. Aren't you thankful that we have the word of God? Something that is unchangeable in this all-changing world. We have something that is solid, that's not changing. Scriptural way to live is by faith, but you choose to. You heard it this morning. Pastor Sean was saying, you choose. You choose faith. I'm going to choose to do the word of God. It's going to be final authority in my life. Ellie and I were buying a house. <laughs> I went to my grandfather and I borrowed the money for the down payment. The lady, real estate lady who was helping us was in our church. I told her what I did. I paid my grandfather back in case you're wondering. Secretly, I was hoping he would say, just take it, my grandson. But he grew up during the Depression. I worked for him. I did things. I painted his house. I raked his yard with a rake that went about this high because he would not buy a handle for it. He wanted to save the money. He would not buy. He had a push lawnmower, I mean, with blades that turned. It wasn't no, no. He worked me. It didn't pay a whole lot. But anyway, I love my grandpa. 
we were buying the house. <laughs> and I had gotten the down payment. I borrowed it from my grandfather. Now, I told the real estate lady that I borrowed the money. I told her exactly what I did. She said, there's no way they'll ask you that question. I thought, well, I'd heard they would ask you that question. But she said, no, they're not going to ask you. I said, fine. Go in there about the second question. Did you borrow this money? I said, no. It's a week. It's not, no. Good. And kept on going down. Well, you know what happened to me. I couldn't sleep that night. I am cold sweat. I feel awful. I call up my real estate lady. And I, I tell her I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm calling them. She said, are you going to pay them back? Yes. Will you be faithful to pay them back? Yes. Well, you're taking care of the issue. I said, that's not the issue. <laughs> not the issue with me. I called the bank, got the lady. I said, and I was just, you know, beside myself. I said, I lied to you yesterday. She goes, what? <laughs> I said, I borrowed the money. I said, I'm a Christian. I haven't been able to sleep last night. I need some relief. And I, I told her that my God... Uh, if he wants me to have a house, I don't have to lie about it. And she, she just got real cut, and she goes, Mr. Thomas, I'm going to do everything in my power to get you this house. <laughs> I don't know what she did. They approved it, and we got in the house. Why? Because I had submitted myself to his word. And that was the final authority, period. That was the way it was going to be. And that's the way you've got to live your life. There's grace. What if we had not gotten a house? God would have given us another house. I remember years ago reading about people that were uh, the underground church in, um, in, in Russia. And they were, they were stopped and they... Asked, uh, what are you doing? Where are you going? And said, we're, we're going, um, our big brother died. We're going to hear about his will. <laughs> they didn't lie. Life's too short not to live by faith. Faith in God. Too short not to live his will and purpose. Matthew 7 24 through 27, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice as like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. See, the storm came to both houses, but it's possible to build a house that doesn't matter what storm comes, it will stand. 
And it's talking about your faith. You standing in your faith in an almighty God. Not being crushed. Not being taken out. Building your life on the word of God. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope is the desire, the thing that you desire, but it has no substance. We used to have a, a Sears uh, wish book, <laughs> and you're just hoping, you know, you get this for Christmas. I'd label every, by every tape, uh, toy in the thing. <laughs> I think I need to get this toy, this toy. This. It was just a wish book, just a hoping. Do we need hope? Yes, we need hope. Hope is good desires. Where does hope come from? Hope comes from the Word of God. Where does faith come? Faith comes from the Word of God. Where the desires for to be healed, to have a better life, to, to be an influence for the kingdom? Where all these good desires, where they come from? Hope. And it comes from the word of God. Your life should change when you get born again. There should be a change in you that you want to be better. That you want to improve. That you want to be your best for him. Good desires. And you're hoping. You're hoping for these things. But you got to mix it with faith. Hope is always future tense. You know if it's hope. You'll say. Well, I'm hoping this will happen. I'm hoping I'll be blessed. I'm hoping that I will be healed someday. You're in hope. You're not in faith. Nothing wrong with that. But you need to move to faith. I'm hoping to be set free someday. You need to get your faith in that he is the one that delivers us. He sets us free. He blesses us. Hope is the desire, but faith is the substance, the tangibility. When you look at, and you look at that word, it means foundation or title deed. Faith is the substance, the foundation, the title deed. When you have the title deed, you own it. It is yours. Just like that. Nice Jeep I saw yesterday. Emily Sapala has. Then it says it's paid for. I said, wow, that's a beauty. She has the title deed. Faith is the title deed that the promise is yours. You've got it. And when you've got it, you can praise the Lord. You can worship him for the answer, even though you don't see it. Yet, in the natural, you can still worship him and praise him for it. Faith is the evidence or the proof of those things that you desire. Faith gives it tangibility. Faith gives it substance. It's evidence that that thing that you desire is yours, exists. Faith is always present tense. Present tense. I have it. I'm healed now by the stripes of Jesus. I'm set free now. God is supplying my needs now. Whatever it is. And we speak faith. We speak. Besides just speaking 
that your marriage is going down the tubes, why don't you start speaking that God's power is working in our marriage to raise our marriage up, that we're walking in love together. We're called according to the grace of God as joint heirs of God's grace together in marriage covenant. Start speaking. Start speaking to your children the vision or the word of God for their life. Start declaring those things over them. That's faith. It's a lot more fun. But we have to program ourselves and train ourselves to do this. Faith is present tense. Until the promise manifests in the natural realm, faith sees the unseen, the fulfillment of the promise, making it just as real as if it already manifested. So faith will rejoice at the unseen promise being secure in your heart that it's yours. And that's where, that's the secret to endurance is that you worship and praise God for it. And you'll endure. Why? Because there is a period of time, patience brings the harvest. Seed time and harvest. It's coming. You know it's yours. You get what you, you already know what you're going to get because it's the promise. Faith will rejoice in what possesses in the spirit realm. So we don't live by feelings or our own intelligence. Aren't you glad we don't live by our own intelligence to try and figure everything out? You cannot figure everything out. We're just not that smart. A man flew to Argentina. He was on flight 555. He arrived at gate 5 at 5 p.m. He took a cab ride ride to his hotel and paid $5. His room in the hotel was 555. He said, I've got this thing figured out. And he went down to the horse track. He put $500 on the horse number five. And the race took off and his horse came in fifth. (laughs) We can't figure it all out. And I'm glad. (laughs) We just can't. We have someone that knows all the answers. You know, the Bible says we know in part. But the good thing is we're hooked up. We're in relationship with the one who knows all the parts. Yeah, just about the time you think you got it all together and got it all figured out. Boom. We heard that. God puts his finger. I used to thought, man, I've arrived. And then God got, ding. Oh. And it happened enough times. I finally figured out, oh, we're just going to do this from now on. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to enjoy the journey here. Bless the Lord. Paul was leaving the Ephesians the last time. It was emotional time in Acts 20, 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to, the, to God, to the word of his grace, able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. The word builds you up. You need to be built up. How? The word will build you up and give you an inheritance. 
How many would like an inheritance in the natural? Well, you got one in the spiritual that just makes anything in this natural realm nothing. Hallelujah. The word is spirit and life. It's truth. It reveals the Father. It reveals Jesus. It reveals the Holy Spirit. It reveals who we are. We don't even know who we are. We used to go around, uh, you know, in the 60s, who am I? Who am I? It was the hippie culture. That was the lingo. You know, I wasn't a full-blown hippie. I wasn't quite old enough. But I did have the, the big bell bottoms and the stripes and long hair. And, and I knew the lingo. Who am I? My dad just shake his head. <laughs> Say, well, you look like you're <laughs> a zebra. <laughs> he said some other things, but I left the room. We don't know God by feelings. You can't feel your way to heaven. It's not by feelings. It's not by the, the five physical senses. You know, if you go by feelings, well, I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like coming to church today. I don't feel like going to work today. I don't feel like uh, obeying my parents today. I don't feel like cleaning my room today, taking out the garbage today. I don't feel like it. It's not what the Word of God tells us. Second Peter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as His divine power has given us all things. Say all things. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. You notice knowledge. Grace and peace multiplied through knowledge. Through the word, through the knowledge him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The mode of operation for the kingdom of God is he makes promises and we have to get them. I, I'm going to say it, we have to possess them we go after them we receive them he gives us promises now it'd be nice if he just oh lord just give me what you think i need well he would he would save you he'd heal you he'd deliver you and fill you and bless you and say this is your work you know go do it it doesn't work that way. Why? He wants our will involved. Your will has to be involved. And that's what faith is, is taking your will in agreement with his will, and bang, grace is released to you. I had a, a friend that was a pilot. He's gone home to be with the Lord now, but he was a friend of mine. He'd take me up in his... Uh, little plane and uh, 
he had this, um, it's called VFR uh, rating. He could, uh, I probably need, I've got a pallet here, so I'm a, I've got to watch my words. <laughs> but he would take me up and, and he said, I'm rated for uh, clear skies. Had, he was a fair weather flyer. It had to be, he couldn't go uh, in cloudy conditions or storms. It, it had to be vigil. So he, had had, he would always be checking the weather and all this. He said, yeah, it's a good day and we could go. So we'd go up. But one day he wanted to fly uh, more extensively and, and stuff. And he needed to get what they called instrument rated. And... Uh, to do this, he showed me this thing. He had a little hood thing that would cover the windshield, and he just would see the instruments. And he had to trust those instruments to fly. Because there, he said there's something about you can get up in the clouds and you can turn. And I don't remember all he said, and since we have a pilot, I won't make it up, but... <laughs> But something about equilibrium, uh, something about the ear. He said you could be making a turn and you think you've finished but you haven't or, or something and go into a spiral and it's dangerous. Or you be in the storm and you don't realize what up, down. It's just you lose, when you don't have reference, you lose everything. You can lose your sense of direction. And, and so he was training for that. And that, that's what he did. He became uh, instrument rated, and he was able to, to fly in any kind of weather then, which was a, a, a great benefit. He actually let me take the wheels a couple times. I, I was amazed that you're talking about just barely moving that plane. You felt like you were, you know, like this. He said, do you want to land it? I said, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> He said, just put your hands on where he landed there. I had my hands in. No, 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 no. I, I don't know if he would have or not, but he acted serious when he said it. <laughs> but what they do, they train themselves to believe the instruments over what they feel. You feel different than what the instruments are saying. So if you really want to fly somewhere, some distance, any kind of weather, you know, really take the limits off your flying, you had to become instrument rated, and he did that. But thinking, some Christians are fair weather flyers. They're just flying good when the weather's good. But when there's a storm, they are grounded. I mean, everything comes to a halt. They start blaming God or they're, why did this happen? And all, the, all these things, you know, come up. Let me tell you, it never is a good thing to blame God because he's never to blame. And I have no problem with that. I'm, I, I know I'm not perfect, but I know if I don't receive something, it's me. It's me. It's not him. He's already given the gift. Amen? So if you want to get anywhere as a Christian, you have to get where you trust the word over your feelings and get word rated. 
I liked it. Because we get into places we can't see the horizon. We can't see the ground. You might be in a storm that you can't see what's going on around you. And we have to believe the Word of God. We have to train ourselves to believe. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We live by faith and not by sight. Faith is not blind. It sees the unseen. Circumstances can speak so loud with so much logic that sometimes people have fled and said, I'm out of here. But we got to train ourselves to follow the Word of God, follow the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Remember Peter, he, was, he saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. And what's Peter do? He steps out of the boat, he starts walking to Jesus. And then it says he saw the winds and the waves were boisterous or um, they were stirring up and he became afraid. You remember that? Why did he become afraid? Because we all know that you cannot walk on the water in a storm. It has to be quiet. The waters have to be still before you can walk on it. The winds and the waves had nothing to do with him walking on the water. But that's what he saw. He got his eyes off Jesus. And when you, your eyes are on the word, you're looking at Jesus. See, he is the word. Now, let me say this, because some people say, well, we walk, don't walk by sight. If you see a truck coming down the road, <laughs> say, <laughs> don't say, I'm not walking by sight. I don't see a truck. I don't see a truck. I'm walking by faith. Well, God's trying to teach you, teach me something. Yeah, that you're stupid. Because let me tell you, and I can say this because I was one of them. <laughs> I was mixed in with some friends that, man, we got saved and we, we were just, after it, I mean, my two friends threw away their glasses, stomped on them. We were in a Bible study in the home. They stomped on their glasses and stuff, and they started looking at me. I said, I'm not stomping my glasses. <laughs> And those two guys, they drove around blind. I mean, and I'm serious. Uh, for them to get out of there, I'm directing them, trying to get them out. And I'm staying the distance. And they drove around until they got some new glasses. <laughs> get your healing first, then get rid of the glasses, you know? But let me say this, you know, it says trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding. Lean to your understanding, lean to logic and, and common sense unless it comes as a contradiction to the Word of God. Because yeah. he gave you those senses for a reason. That's good. But we're to be word-sensitive to anything that comes against it. We, 
How many have ever smelled a skunk? Well, see, I don't. I have. I've smelled a skunk. I'll say, there was a skunk here. Well, did you see it? No, I didn't see it. Did you hear it? No, I, I didn't hear it. Well, did you taste it? No, thank God. One sense smelling that overrode the other four senses. We need a sixth sense, faith. And there's times that it will override the five physical senses. Amen. Come on. Let's bow our heads. Stop. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the word, Lord, that teaches us how to live. And God, we want to please you with our faith. We want to trust you. And I thank you, Lord. This is a, a trusting people that we have faith. And Lord, we just want to increase and keep moving forward to keep progressing. If there's anyone here that's never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life, it's the most important decision that you'll make. This decision determines your eternal destination. God has poured out his grace through Jesus at the cross. He's provided a salvation for you that you can be a part of his family and live forever with the family of God and with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's made it available, but you have to choose. You have to release faith. You have to say yes to him. I give you my life. I make you my Lord. I surrender. Take control, Lord. I can't figure it out. I know I have messed up many times. And you're a perfect God. But Jesus came for me and he died for me. And you raised him up. And my faith in what he did gives me opportunity to come into the family. That you this morning here or watching online just say these words. Say, dear God, I thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me, who gave his life, who took my sins he took every place and everything that I have missed, God. That I missed you. He took it for me. I received the amazing grace of God. I received forgiveness. I received cleansing. I received a brand new life. A brand new heart for a new start. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. 
in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for everyone that's made that decision that your Holy Spirit will come alongside and cause them to get involved in, in a church. If you're here, come and see prayer partners in just a moment. But you need to be in a Bible-believing church if you're watching online. We welcome you here. But this decision that you made, you need to get in the Bible. You need to get in the Word and build a relationship with the one who loves you the most. Thank you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.